Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? In the season's worst conditions, winter tires are a game changer. They elevate traction, control, and confidence. They sell only the best, like the full line of hand-cooked tires. Go to TireRack.com slash sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to your one of over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Thanks for listening to the best of Outkick the Coverage podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning from 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern, 3 to 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for Outkick the Coverage at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every morning on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. This is the best of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis on Fox Sports Radio. We are talking to Lance Taylor, 94.5, jocks down in Birmingham. Uh, anything surprise you last night, college football? Were you on Central Florida? I know you're a big gambler. How'd the picks go last night for you? I was 2-1. and one. I lost my big one. I had the over in that game. So I had to grind it a little bit with Central Florida, but we got home there. And then I had Tulane plus the 7.5, um, which was an entertaining game. They lose in overtime to uh, to a freshman quarterback in Wake Forest. But unfortunately, I had Purdue and, and the mistakes, minus three in turnovers, and I cannot believe I grinded it out and stayed up till what was maybe 11.30. I don't even know I'm delirious right now. Yeah, yeah. this is the question. You do early morning radio in Birmingham. Uh, I do, obviously, early morning radio here on Fox Sports Radio. And how often – you switched. So you did middays forever, and then you switch now to mornings. How often do you find yourself watching games? I went to bed before the Purdue uh, – and, and I find myself in my head – because I didn't have any money on the game, uh, thankfully. But I was thinking that the Purdue game went on forever. The first half took like five hours of uh, Purdue Northwestern. And there's a lot of times where I find myself sitting on the couch watching games, and this is where I was last night at like 10 p.m. I was like – when my alarm goes off early tomorrow morning at 4.15 or whatever it's going to be, I said to myself, what is my reaction going to be? My Is my first thought going to be, I'm glad I stayed up and watched the end of Purdue Northwestern? And if the answer is, no way I'm going to think that, then I go to bed before it was over. So you have to be thinking similar thoughts, but you had the game gambled on, so you wanted to see how it ended, right? Yeah, and I'm just I'm an idiot. I was just excited about the first official night of college football. It's one of the reasons I grinded it out. But 
I didn't realize Jeff Brom, and they kind of played this towards the end of the first half. And you know, Herb Street was doing color for that game, and he brought it up. He said, "Man, we're we're going to play close to a three-hour first half." And he said, "Here's Jeff Brom's post-game comments." And he was talking to his team, and he said, "Guys, we're going to take this game. We're going to play to close to midnight tonight." So it was almost like they knew this game was going to take forever last night. But I decided to stay up, stick with it, um, and you know Purdue almost grinds it out and, and and gets the win minus the one and a half. But I will tell you, I don't I don't think I can do this. Um, I'm like you, I'm a big Rams fan, and the Rams play in prime time four times. And think about when they kick off next Monday night, a week from Labor Day, they're the nine twenty Central kick, so that game won't be over till one o'clock my time, and I typically get up at three thirty. Um, so I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm on back-to-back nights of about three and a half hours sleep. I've got one of these sleep number beds, and my sleep yeah. number score, I just checked it, was 22 last night. That doesn't sound good. The, no, they want you over 80. It's like Elf. <laughs> it said you got you know 56 quality minutes of sleep. Oh. Killing me. Uh, we're talking to Lance Taylor. All right, so Saturday's games. You are down in the state of Alabama, and I think the biggest game by far is Auburn going up against Washington. What do you expect to see in that one, which could have long-lasting college football playoff implications, even though we're playing that game uh, so, so early in the season? Well, you know, I mean, the the, the pub's going to be all about the quarterbacks, and Jake Browning, a four-year starter, and Jared Stidham, and we saw the what the Baylor transfer was able to do last year for Auburn winning the SEC West, and really a half away from getting to a, a college football playoff. But really, when you look at the defenses, I think that's going to be the story. I think both have top 15 units. I think this will play low. Um, you look at Auburn. I mean, Clay, it's crazy. If you take away that throwaway game where they play between, they play an, an, an FCS opponent between Georgia and Alabama, this will be the fifth consecutive game they've played a top 10 team. Wow. Now, it, yeah, and I don't think that's ever been done in college football. So, you know, Auburn's used to be playing, they're used to playing on these stages, uh, but they've lost nine straight top 25 matchups away from Jordan Hare. And on the other side, Washington's lost nine straight versus non-conference top ten opponents. I lean Washington in this game. It's a really difficult game to handicap. Um, I don't know why. Maybe Miles Gaskin is the difference. I think Auburn's, uh, you know, going to suffer losing a guy like Kerry on Johnson. So before they replace him, I'll lean Washington in that game. But I think it's all about the defenses. And so you like the under, I'm assuming, if you're all about the defenses too. Yeah, I, I think it'll play low. I, I think it'll play into, you know, like a 23-17 type game. So, yeah, I like the under there. We're talking to Lance Taylor, 94-5, Jocks in Birmingham. All right, the other two big games, Michigan-Notre Dame. Are you as – I don't know if you heard the open to the show as you're driving in, but are you as down on Jim Harbaugh? Crazy stat, Jim Harbaugh last 15 games, 8-7. and 8-7 and seven for Jim Harbaugh. And putting that into context – Urban Meyer has only lost eight games in his first 81 at Ohio State. What's going to happen, Michigan Notre Dame? Uh, it, again, you know, I hate to ride fence here. That is such a difficult game because I, I'm one of those that I picked and look, and I'm right there with you. Harbaugh has done nothing to impress me. I don't like the guy. He rubs me wrong. Um, but I've just got this feeling with this Michigan defense and he's finally got his quarterback in Shea Patterson, a, a guy that actually can improvise and make some plays. Um, I've got a feeling Michigan goes 11-1 and this year, wins the Big Ten East, wins the Big Ten, and gets to the college football playoff. But to go 11-1, and you really got to win this game. And when I start to look at this game, it just it gets more and more difficult because I think, again, this game is going to be all about the defenses. So Notre Dame is listed as a one-point favorite. Here's another number for you. Jim Harbaugh is 0-6 as an underdog at Michigan, which is really incredible when you think about that. 
Yeah, it's not a good, he has not won that kind of signature game that you didn't anticipate him winning that can stamp his team as a legitimate title contender. All right. What about Miami and what about uh, LSU? Are you buying into Coach O in year two? What about Mark Richt in year three? Big time game, I think, for both programs. How do you see it? Okay, so I think Miami's the better team and obviously a team that started 10-0 and kind of imploded, uh, you know, lived off the turnover chain last year. And when they did win the turnover battle, we saw what happened down the stretch, you know, losing games in the ACC championship and then Wisconsin to the bowl. Um LSU on the other side, I think this is a team that wins five or six games this year, but I like LSU in this spot. I just think their defensive front way too much against the Miami shaky offensive line. Miami lived off the turnovers last year. I don't know how good Joe Burrow will be getting his first college start, the Ohio State transfer, but I just think uh, physically, defensively, um, Dave Aranda's unit is going to be a little bit better, so I think they'll grind out a win there. I like LSU plus the three and a half. Uh, another one of these games that I think goes under the total. What other games to you kind of leap out? I mean, I, I know there's, you know, the Virginia Tech Florida State game, Tennessee West Virginia, Alabama Louisville. What games otherwise are kind of on your card to make sure you don't miss on Saturday? Uh, I know that sounds strange. And look, again, we're just salivating because we're college football fans and we'll take anything we can get, um, i.e., me staying up all night watching Northwestern Purdue. But I think Ole Miss Texas Tech. Saturday morning at 11 a.m. is really interesting. I was surprised Matt Luke was able to keep it on the rails last year. This Ole Miss offense is going to be great. Well, I shouldn't say great. They're going to be really, really good coming off of 6-6. Six and six. Defense will be garbage. Probably the same with Cliff Kingsbury and Texas Tech. You know, it's a big pivotal year for Kingsbury and Lubbock. Um, their offense is always going to be good, but their defense is going to be garbage. So I think that will be a complete track meet uh, at 11 a.m. Central Time on ESPN. So that, that one should be a fun one to watch. Yeah, I'm on the over in that game uh, as well. It sounds like you and I are on a lot of the same sides, which makes probably you a lot more nervous than it does me. Uh, <laughs> and we're talking to Lance Taylor, 94.5 Jocks in Birmingham. All right, I got an off-the-board question here for you. Yesterday, I'm going to get the crew's opinion on this too uh, when we come back out of the break. Yesterday, so I'm down in Florida. I drove down to Florida with my uh, with my crew, my kids. Um, my 7-year-old has a dentist appointment. We drive to my dentist's office, been going there for eight years. It's right downtown in Nashville. We live south of Nashville now. Traffic was bad. It took way longer than it should have. Show up at the dentist's office at 10.15, okay? Took my kid out of school because we're leaving at noon to drive down here for the long uh, kind of uh, Labor Day weekend, okay? So we walk in at 10.15, and I'm signing us in, and the front desk clerk says... Sorry, you guys are too late. You're going to have to reschedule. 15 minutes late for the dentist appointment. Both of us, by the way, we put it on the same day. What would your reaction be if you were, if your dentist said you're done, you can't come in? Uh, I'm going to find another dentist. So I'm going to explain this. I'm going to, I'm going to explain the situation and say we need to reevaluate here. We're 15 minutes late. I think you can go back there. You guys have a discussion and you find a way to work us in or. I'm going to find another dentist moving forward. I've got three kids. I've got a wife. Um, we've got a lot of visits in the future. Maybe you don't need my business, but if you want my business, you're going to find a way to get us in. See, I think all the time now, like, I'm not going to, you know, make a scene when somebody, does, by and large, when somebody I think makes a ridiculous decision, I, you know, will point out that I think it's a ridiculous decision. And hey, then can I just I, point this out, Clay? You're always in situations like this. Is, I don't is know how a, it, Like, how does this always happen? That's what I thought when she, I thought she was kidding with me. Like, when we walked in 15 minutes late, 
Um, you know, and again, the traffic was awful. We got caught in traffic. Like in Nashville, if you live in Nashville now, there's anybody listening in Nashville. It's like, yeah, you can't drive anywhere in this city right now. The population has just exploded. The roads haven't kept pace. I never would think it, but I mean, from my house, it's a 45 minute drive to get into downtown Nashville sometimes, even in like normal time. And we're like 18 miles away, right? I mean, it's yeah, not that far. I think that's far. a fair window on either side, 15 minutes, a little leeway, just based on the Nashville traffic. And, and really, also, I, I you know this, when you situation. go to a doctor's or a dentist's office, they're perfectly fine with having you wait, right? I oh, mean, it's not like... Dentist. Especially the doctor. Yeah, I mean, you've got a 10 o'clock appointment, you get back there at 10.50 sometimes. Yeah. So uh, so here's the other thing. Like, we've kept the same dentist, even though, because we used to live right downtown in Nashville. You've been where we used to live. Now we're outside the city a little bit. And so I was like, this this is a perfect opportunity to break up with him. So I was like, I, I would not have broken up with him. I w- I've been going for a couple of years, even though the drive was a long way. And so And then so when she said this, I was like, all right, well, can I say goodbye to the dentist? And she was like, "What?" And I was like, "Well, I feel like I should say goodbye to, to my dentist, and I'm not going to name him because I don't want to. I don't want to blow him up here. He's a good dude." And uh, and so I walk back, and I'm just like, "Hey, I, I don't want to interrupt. You know, he's working on somebody's teeth." I was like, "Hey, we've really enjoyed being here." Um, but I felt like it was like when you're in a relationship with somebody. You've ever been in a relationship with a girl or a guy, and you're like nervous about breaking it off, and then something happens, and you're like, "All right, well, this is it." You know, like I would have continued to kind of hang on here. But then, you know, like, you forgot my birthday. Or it was like, hey, I really wanted you to be at this event that I was doing, and you didn't show up at all. And you're like, okay, well, this kind of makes the decision easy. And so I was like, hey, appreciate it. Enjoyed the last eight years. Uh, we're going to pick a dentist closer to our house now. And then just walked out. But I still am kind of in shock that 15 minutes later with my 7-year-old, who I took out of school, you know, on that specific day, because I'm like, okay, well, we're going to leave at noon and be driving most of the day. I'll take him, you know, it's not that big of a deal for him. He's in second grade to miss the first part of the day. Uh, that they're like, oh, you're going to have to reschedule. And so I was like, no, we're going to change dentists and just walked out. Yeah. I mean, I don't, who makes that? I like, I felt like I was, that that was a crazy decision by them. And, and there's no reconciliation between you and the dentist because, you know, if this is a restaurant, they call you up, hey, come back in. We're going to comp you and the family. I mean, a dentist can't, hey, come in. We're going to give you a free cap. We'll give you a free cleaning. There's nothing they can do, but it's weird because the the dentist lives on referrals. I've had the same dentist twenty plus years, and I send people to her all of the time. Yeah, I've done the same so thing. That, like I, that I, blows I just, me I, away. yeah, I couldn't believe it. Uh, by the way, speaking of uh, of uh, bad customer service decisions, is there a worst of all of the entirety of the um, of the pro sports or college sports? Is there a worse product that charges full price than the fourth NFL preseason game? Um, I mean, you get nothing out of it. So I had right. one TV on the NFL Network doing the little whip around last night, but I mean, it's just it's nothing but backups, and I can't believe I gave out five plays in the NFL last night. That's how that's how sick and addicted I am. Uh, but yeah, there's nothing worse than that outside of the Pac-12 Network, which is impossible to find. And that's another story where I had to mirror my cell phone to one of my smart TVs to search for the Pac-12 network. How DirecTV does not have a deal with the Pac-12 network. Larry Scott should be embarrassed. Pac-12 is not a conference. It is not a conference in, until you can get on major networks where people can find you. 
I'm with you. I mean, it's it's incredibly frustrating. I've got direct TV down here in Florida, and I was in the same position. I was like, oh, I'm kind of curious. I want to see how this Utah game goes. And I was like, oh, crap. I've got direct TV. I can't watch the Pac-12 network. Now, back home, I've got Comcast, and I can be able to pay for it. I mean, to me, it's just part of the larger issue that I think we're going to see more and more of. You should be able to watch any game that you want to watch. And this is my thing on the NFL with why NFL Sunday ticket drives me crazy, too. Play, when I'm down here in Florida, I've got it. Direct TV. Yeah. No, I'm with you. Um, all right, my man. I will. Uh, good luck on the gambling picks this weekend and uh, enjoy the opening weekend of college football. We'll talk to you next week. Okay, sounds good, Tony. That's Lance Taylor. Go follow him on Twitter at the Lance Taylor 94.5 Jocks in Birmingham. They have got a great morning show. Uh, if you are a college football fan and you're working through the uh, the state of Alabama or anywhere else in the region, uh, make sure you check those guys out. Uh, Lance Taylor, Jim Dunaway, Ryan Brown, really good show that they do uh, every morning there in uh, Birmingham. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. I know the rest of the crew are not huge college football fans. So I will not put them on the spot right now, but I am told they have audio that they want to play for me. So in the meantime, you guys can load up the phone lines, 877-996-6369. You just heard my bold prediction for college football this year. LSU goes 6-6. Six and six. They fire Ed Ogeron, and they hire Lane Kiffin to replace him down on the bayou. Can you imagine how wild it would be? to have Lane Kiffin going head-to-head against Nick Saban every week, every day, all year round. The zaniness that would ensue would be mesmerizing. Uh, what audio do you guys have that you want to play? Okay, so, Clay, to set this up, I do have to explain that our VP of programming, Scott Shapiro, he's been working with me a little bit behind the scenes because we're trying to get you, you know, just – uh, what can I say? Next level savvy with professional radio teases. So in other words, after See, here's my thing. Here's my thing for people out there. <laughs> I think that professional radio teases sound so fake that like I corny? typically d- don't do them a lot. Yeah, yeah. Like I hate I hate radio guy like, oh, next with us. You want to hear like all about <laughs> what team? What team is going to be so good next year? Stick well, with well, us. It's like, not, it's my not, argument it's is not so much that here's the thing. So sometimes you'll go on a 15 to 17 minute rant, sometimes 30 minutes without commercials. And you're supposed to leave just a little bit of meat on the bone at the end. So that you can extend the listenership by saying... Yeah, but I think it sounds so fake to be like, I could have told you this thing already, (laughs) but instead I'm going to tell you after the break. Like, to me, the people who hang on for that are so stupid that I want them to go listen to Mike and Mike (laughs) instead. I'm going to be honest with you. If you are so so stupid... So anyway, we're working on the teases. So old traditional teases versus new, uh, you know, futuristic radio like you do. All right, so we're, we're futuristic we're, radio is maybe a, maybe an exaggeration of what I do. We're marrying the two worlds together. So you know, there's been some good teases, there's been no teases, and then there's been a tease like this. Travis, next hour next. I'll kick the coverage. <laughs> Play it one more time, Roberto. That's, that's right. Next hour is next. I, mean, I don't know how more honest you can be than that. So that's Scott, next level teasing to so me. So Scott Shapiro sent me an audio collage recently of all the best radio teases that happened on our network over maybe 11, 12-month period. I'm wondering if this is going to be on the next audio collage. 
Travis, next hour, next. I'll kick the coverage. Next hour, I don't, next. Who does it? I mean, you want to talk about truth and, and broadcasting and honesty? <laughs> Who's not tuning in for the next hour, next? I mean, that's going to happen every single time. Oh. The clock doesn't stop, baby. I'm next just letting you know next, the next automatic. hour is next. <laughs> Put that one in the archives, uh, Roberto. We're going to get uh, some requests from management for that. What you guys can all do is just listen to every segment, and then, I mean, look, our numbers are <laughs> off the charts. Imagine if I was, like, fake radio DJ DJ guy, and I was like, I could have told you this information that I think you would like to have when you were listening in the last segment. Instead, I purposely didn't tell you, so you would have to sit through all the commercial breaks and come back on the other side. What you should know is that you get to listen to me every segment for three hours. I don't know what better gift I can give you. That's the way the show is. I go to commercial break for three hours, and then I come back on the other side. You get to hear me on both sides of the commercial break every time. And the next hour is always next. All right, let's load up the lines <laughs> so I don't have to tease. 877-996-6369. Is Eddie Garcia but here, he, or is Eddie like, is he like, no, I don't know. Like, Eddie, Eddie's there, and before you get Eddie, to his, I actually have a... um pick for you you know oh so you have a, a fearless prediction. i do and then i know eddie out of the la crew eddie's definitely the biggest college well football i wanted to get fan. eddie's opinion eddie is very reasonable i wanted oh, to get his Jesus. opinion on the uh, well no on the dentist i haven't heard oh, from gotcha, him yet gotcha. but yeah what is your fearless prediction I, i'm gonna say that jim harbaugh's seat cools a little bit i know you're not his number one fan but I think they're going to bounce back from that eight and five season and win at least nine games. I know that, that's a that's not a fearless prediction. Well, yeah, the it is because you, you have them, nine. You have You're saying fired, I think that though. exactly what everybody expects to happen with Michigan is going to no, happen. Your that's fearless not prediction. True. Your fearless prediction is, and the common wisdom is right about Michigan. They're going to go nine and three. That's literally the uh, most no, ex- ex- expected his, outcome. That is not. I'm saying his yes. seat cools. You're saying he's a dead man walking. No. I'm saying he's going to be 8-8 eight and because eight they're going to lose to Notre Dame tomorrow. You just came on You're your wrong. fearless he's prediction be, for college football. First was. off, they're not Michigan losing. Michigan is going to be exactly what you think they are based on the entire offseason They're not prediction. losing to the Irish, and his seat cools. That's my prediction. It seems not that hot. That's the worst fearless prediction ever. <laughs> it's hot on your show. It's Yeah, I'm the only person. Cowherd and uh, Bayless said he's the greatest coach. He's better than Nick Saban. I, I couldn't believe it. I almost fell out of my chair. When, Nick, when when Skip Bayless said it, and then Colin Cowherd doubled down. It's like, I was playing blackjack in Vegas last weekend. What Cowherd did would be like, the person sitting in front of you has got a pair of tens sitting against the dealer's five, and the guy's like, I'm going to split the tens. And then they hit, and they get like two fours, you know, and they're sitting at 14, and they don't want to hit again and go bust, so they're getting 14 against the five. Cowherd sees that happen, and then he's like, you know what? Split the face cards for me, too. <laughs> It's crazy. You see somebody right. make a bad decision and you go right off the edge of the cliff with them. All right, Pac-12 love then. Stanford will be in the playoff mix. The number four spot. All right, that's a that's a fearless prediction. Stanford into the playoff. What do you think, Eddie, about me getting re- rejected? You might you might be like my wife and re- re, you know root against me regularly in all conflicts. But you show up 15 minute late for your dentist with your seven year old and you're told you have to reschedule and you have to leave aggressive whose side are you on here well first of all i i'm very much uh i'm glad you think i'm the level-headed one on the show so i appreciate that but well it's not a high standard well that's true uh but no but as you were talking to lance taylor about this and i was asking myself about this i completely agreed with him and i know that you're a big deal there in nashville and people know you you don't want to come off like you need special treatment but 
15 minutes is not that unreasonable. And as you said, Dr. Dennis, that's normal that you're going to, you're going to wait at least 15 minutes before you get seen by the dentist or the doctor. So I would have done exactly what Lance said. I would have said, okay, well, you're either going to see us now or we're going to find a new dentist and i would have been very I didn't comfortable want to make a, I, understand. I didn't want to make a scene because everybody's going to be like guess I what that. i mean if, if you know me and you're in the dentist then you're going to be like guess what i saw clay I travis was like i'm going to leave the dentist and i i am the exact opposite of guy who wants something right like i my wife's always like hey uh this concert's going on do you think you can get us tickets i hate asking for favors i'm always like yeah just go on StubHub and buy the tickets you know like let's you want to do something we've got the money to do it now just go do it and so I hate asking for favors in general. So I just immediately think, like, again, I thought I was pranked. And then my second thought was my wife is going to blame me for this. I was more upset about the fact that I knew I was going to get blamed and my wife was going to be mad at me because I missed the, doc- the dentist appointment than anything. Understood. But, again, 15 minutes to me is not long enough for someone to cancel an appointment on you. So I think I, I would you were in the right on this uh, if you would have said either see us now or we're gone. Here's my other question. Why do you have to make dentist appointments six months in advance? Like, if I want to get my hair cut, I just decide to walk in and get my hair cut. It would be crazy if I was like, if when I got my hair cut, they were like, okay, why don't you schedule for three months in the future? I never know what my schedule is going to be six months in advance. So they're like, oh, how does... You know, like if I were rescheduling, they're like, how does November 22nd sound to you? I'm like, I have no idea. I don't know how next week is going to sound to me, sound to me with my schedule. Why do you have to make dental appointments six months in advance? Why can't people just go to the dentist whenever they want, like they go to get their hair cut? All right, I have, I have Paul no Pass idea. from Dan Patrick no Show. Idea. Is that Has anybody ever asked that question? Like, why do you have to schedule a dental appointment six months in advance? It's weird because you'd think they'd want the business and not want you walking out of the building. But I say you do this, Clay. You go back for the dentist next time. And if you're, you know, whenever you go to the dentist, it, you never walk in. Like if your appointment's at 11, you always walk in at 11, 15, 11, 30. I'm talking like you're in the building, but when they bring you in, you always right. have to wait. So, so next time you have an appointment, if they make you wait 15 minutes, walk up and say, you know what? You guys were late. You're going to have to reschedule just on principle and walk. Yeah, I, I like that idea, except that also inconveniences me because I'm already there. But that's pure you, dude. You you like being inconvenienced and inconveniencing people. So do it just on principle and then go back to your regular cycle of going to the dentist. Well, let me ask you this. Why can't you just go to the dentist like you get your hair cut? Like I have never in my life, and maybe I'm, maybe it's just because I have perfect hair. Like I just walk into Supercuts or wherever. If anybody does like cheap haircuts, why aren't they advertising on this show? Sports Clip, whatever it is, I'll walk in. I have never – this is true, 100% Lord's Truth – I have never in my life had a haircut appointment, right? I'm just like in the mall, and I'm right. like, you know what? I kind of need a haircut. You walk up. You get your haircut. Maybe if there's a little bit of a wait, you're like, eh, I don't want to wait 20 minutes for a haircut. I'll come back some other time, right? And my yeah. hair is fine. Why can't the dentist be like that? Well, I think if you go to the dentist's office or call the dentist's office and there's not a wait and there's not, it's not hard to get in, you think, wow, this guy can't be very good. It's got to be bad for business to have just an empty waiting room. I mean, I understand why the dentist people want you to be booked at their place for six months in advance because it makes their job easy. 
But why shouldn't you just be able to walk in and get your teeth cleaned like you like I don't have a set haircut schedule, right? If I right. go in three months it works, if I go in eight months, you know, eight months probably a long time, but whatever. I I just kinda go when I think, oh, my hair's getting a little bit long now, right? Same thing with the kids. Never had an appointment. It seems to me that the haircut industry is doing fine without most people having six month in advance appointments, right? I understand like my wife, God knows that she like every time she goes to the the, the hair place. I've checked the bill and I'm like, how is it this much? Like, how did you schedule it this far out? Like, I understand some people, they need the rigorous hair treatments and everything else. And women are like that. For me, for most guys, you just roll in to get your haircut and you leave in 15 minutes. Well, you're completely right about the wife situation where I can see how you try to make another appointment, get the kid in and just pretend it happened. I once, I had this old 91 Toyota Land Cruiser and I got a little bender bender. I just took it right to the body shop, dropped it off to get it fixed. And never mention it until right now on the air with you. And unless my wife's listening, she still doesn't know about it. There you go. So, so when you have situations like this, immediately, I swear to God, the first thing I thought when when she was, I thought it was a prank first. The second thing I thought was, my wife is going to blame me for this. Of course, I, like immediately. Of course, that that's how we think. Like you could even like be in a car accident where you get a little banged up, and you're still thinking. Boy, oh boy, you know, I'm not going to be home for dinner. I'm not going to be home to pick the kids up. This is going to cost me a lot. And beyond the cost of the car. Why do you think wives root against their husbands? Like, I don't think there's anything <laughs> oh, that my know, wife my does where up. I root against My phone against is breaking up. Clay. I, 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 sorry, I, I got... I got, I got. <laughs> Paul Fapps trying to stay out of trouble there. Why do you... That's a great question. Why do wives root against husbands? It's like having the worst teammate ever. You know, like, imagine if, like, you're the quarterback or you're the wide receiver or whatever. Whenever there's a bad pass, it's like the wife is like, oh, yeah, I totally expected this, right? Like, if you're playing football and the ball gets thrown down the field and there's just, like, the the ball's over the head and you just see the wide receiver, like, standing there with his hands on his hips and he just shrugs his shoulders, like, yeah, of course you couldn't hit me. I was wide open. Like, why do wives expect so little of their husbands? Is, is this just in my household, or is this a general marital situation where it seems to me that both wives expect very little of their husbands and also frequently are bad teammates and rooting against us? Like, I don't remember the last time something happened and my wife was like, oh, that's that stinks. I feel bad for you. That shouldn't have happened to you. It's always like, well, why were you late? It's always, why why didn't you do this or why didn't you do is that? Is this, just, Roberto, is your wife the same way? Like, yeah. she's not rooting for me. Like, yeah. I feel like immediately, like, you could, if, if there is a 50-50 proposition, and it could be 50% my fault or it could be 50% uh, the other person's fault, she immediately takes the other person's side. Yeah. My wife likes to be on time for everything, and I'm I'm, like, more laid back, so it's kind of a, we bump heads there a lot. Yeah, and also, by yeah. the way, if your wife is complaining about somebody that she works with and you take her coworker's side, she won't talk to you for like a week. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right? Yeah, like there's yeah. no symbiotic relationship here. And it doesn't matter. You might hear that story and be like, you know, if I'm assessing blame here, I think you're like 80% of the blame, right? Like everybody has heard a wife's story and you're like, man, you kind of seem like the jerk in this story. I'm kind of on the other person. Good luck telling her that. Oh, yeah, no, I wouldn't. But every single thing that we do, we're on the wrong side. Yeah, it's it's like she asked me like, "How's my day?" And I tell her my day. It's like maybe two minutes long. I tell her, "Oh, how was your day?" And her day could go on for like ten, fifteen minutes, and she's telling me about her her, her whole day, and it's just. 
goes on and on sometimes. Yeah, it's the same thing. Like my wife will start to tell a story, and like there's like 15 minutes of back action to the story, and then it's like, I just what happened? You know, like I've been sitting here for a long time. (laughs) Just get to the part of the story. So you need to know that like my aunt did this, and then my grandma. And it's like this is 14 years ago. Yeah, Yeah, this is 14 years ago. I don't need to know that. I need to know what happened 10 minutes ago. Exactly. Details. I don't care about the history. On details, on top of details, and then when they look at you, they're like, you're so quiet. Exactly. Well, I don't yeah, need to yeah, tell you every little yeah, detail every little of detail, my day. No. I deal with it. I drink and silently stew <laughs> and marinate in my anger. Um, and you, let's do, go and to, you do your next segment next. I do my next segment next. <laughs> ben, by the way, we need to load up the phone lines for our fearless predictions. But Benton and Charlotte has it to play my play my incredible tease for people who might yeah, have missed it. Get, hit that, Roberto. This uh, happened at the end of last hour. Travis, next hour next. I'll kick the coverage. Next Did I just do that next. last hour? Yeah. Oh. Oh, that was a good one. Uh, all right, Benton wants to react to my incredible radio tease there. Hey, Clay. Yes. Hey, uh, I just want to know who said it. Were Michael Jordan, the ceiling is the roof, or Clay Travis, the next <laughs> Michael Jordan, the ceiling is the roof was an incredible line. Next hour is next. I mean, I don't know. The ceiling is the roof. I mean, I think is also true. You know, Jordan and I are both just poets and sometimes people, I'm sure this happened to Emily Dickinson back in the day. She was like the, the, you know, the, it's a, it's a horrid hooting stanza and chases itself down, down, something like that. That was one of her most famous lines. I bet Emily Dickinson, people didn't understand her language either. I bet when Emily Dickinson went out to the corner store uh, to go buy some porridge, I bet when Emily Dickinson was buying porridge, she had difficulty interacting with people, and they were like, you know what, your poetry needs to have more catchiness to it. And she was like, well, I'm doing this thing called free verse, and it works better. And there were a lot of people out there like, why don't all your lines rhyme? And look who's the star now. Emily effing Dickinson, people. I'm the Emily effing Dickinson of Sports Talk Radio. What do I have to do? Lending club. We got so many ads on this show now. That's what they should be worried about. The fact that I got so many ads to do now, I can't even keep track of anything. You you should tease the sponsors. I should tease the sponsors. (laughs) Up next, another ad. Borrow up to $40,000 to pay off your high interest debt or credit cards with Lending Club. Go to LendingClub.com slash iHeart today and check your rate in minutes. That's LendingClub.com slash iHeart. That's not the emoticon. I-H-E-A-R-T slash iHeart. All loans made by web bank member FDIC equal housing lender. Your calls, 877 996-6369. The next hour is next. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. We got Jason Whitlock queued up. He's ready to roll. Uh, At Whitlock Jason on Twitter. I saw your fearless prediction, Jason Whitlock. Ball State's going to win the the national championship. We're going to be in contention, Clay. Chirp, chirp. We're in contention. Uh, We looked good (laughs) last night. Looked smooth. Raleigh Neal threw for nearly 300 yards, completed 23 or 30 pass. Very tough Central Connecticut State team that a lot of people don't <laughs> understand how much talent they had. But uh, we got off to a great start. Yeah, I uh, won a little bit of uh, props this morning. You have been, much like my wife, rooting against everything in the Clay Travis universe. And, uh, by the way, is the reason you're not married? My theory is that wives are like re- diva receivers 
who, like, when a quarterback makes a bad throw, the wife just throws her shoulder, like, her hands up and is like, what are you doing? Like, what? Like, everything that I do, I want to start with this. You, you may have been in this situation before. Yesterday, I went to the dentist. I roll into my dentist's office. I get caught in a traffic jam in Nashville. I got my seven year old with me. We are 15 minutes late. I walk in. The two of us have a joint appointment because we try to get the joint appointment so it makes sense for both of us to be there. And the front desk lady says, I'm sorry, you guys are too late. You have to reschedule. Mm. Should the dentist have worked me in? Yeah, I think so, particularly with a seven-year-old kid. She should have just overlooked your irresponsibility and thought about the kid. Would Sean King have called that racism? Well, probably without a doubt. <laughs> uh, we are hey, talking I do to... want to congratulate you on your blood bank pick. That's what Getting I was going to. to. A good start. Uh, congratulations on that. I, I'm, I'm, I regret not seeing the pick beforehand. I could have mocked it, and it probably would have went the other way. Uh, Central Florida covers with these. I got another blood bank guarantee for people in the final segment of the show this week. All right, so... Uh, you, let's get people some uh, some plugs in out here. Your show, because it has been doing so well, speak for yourself, is expanding to 90 minutes. You are going to be on now with Marcellus Wiley as your new co-host. Uh, the new time, I believe you will be on at 3 o'clock Eastern, noon Pacific. How excited are you for an expanded speak for yourself? I'm very excited. I'm excited to work with Marcellus. Marcellus is ball of positive energy, uh, very smart, Ivy League graduate, played in the NFL, great sense of humor, uh, is a guy that, you know, can talk, you can have fun with, a guy you can have serious conversations with, a guy you can, you know, joke around with, uh, amazing, you know, television talent that, I, you know, I think he did a great job with Sports Nation, but I'm not sure if it was the right vehicle to, to show off all of his talent and skill. Uh, and so I, I think that this expanded 90-minute Speak for Yourself is going to be the perfect vehicle to, for people to see all of uh, what Marcellus has to offer as a TV personality. Very excited to work with him. You know, love working with Colin. Uh, but, you know, I, I think for Colin, doing that three-hour radio show, uh, was a is a heavy lift, and then w- with us coming on now right after Colin's show, to to ask Colin to try to do a fourth consecutive hour of TV or another ninety minutes of TV right after a three hour radio show would have been unfair. So, I you know this is the best of you know best thing that could happen is having a Marcellus available to uh, replace Colin and work with me, and so I'm just very excited. Yeah, it's well-deserved to expand the show. Collins killed it and will continue on his three-hour show. You guys will be on for an hour and a half, and then Rachel Bonetta, his cousin Sal, Todd Furman, and myself will all be on with the gambling show. I'll be making everybody rich the moment that you guys go off on Speak for Yourself. We'll be on at 4.30 Eastern. A lot of people have been out there talking about how important the Donald Trump stimulus was to the economy. I'm telling y'all, you ain't seen nothing yet. My gambling picks are going to be the greatest addition to the economy since the New Deal. I'm just telling you. Franklin Roosevelt, big deal, the New Deal. The Clay Travis blood bank guarantee is going to blow it out of the water. I may flip 
and go from mocking the blood bank to supporting <laughs> the blood bank because, you know, I, I'm going to write off all those picks last year and the year before just because <laughs> you weren't on TV. So now that you know that, you know, people are actually going to be watching your picks and taking your picks seriously, maybe you'll take your picks seriously, put the homework in, and this Central Florida pick that last night won't be a fluke and aberration. It's, it's the start of the Clay Travis hot streak. There we go. I like I like the optimism. We're talking to Jason Whitlock. Follow him on Twitter at Whitlock Jason. Go listen to him uh, and watch him on SFY. So I got to give you props here. We were out. We had dinner. Uh, was it Saturday night? We had dinner Saturday night. You, me, Todd Furman in MGM. Great steakhouse. I can't even remember what the name of the steakhouse Craft was. Steakhouse. Craft Steakhouse. That's right in MGM. And. We ordered some steaks. Like we had it all sliced up and shared in the center of the table, a bunch of different steaks. It's the best steak I've ever had. And I still thinking about that steak the next morning. I was on the drive down to Florida yesterday and I was telling my wife, Hey, we went out to dinner and we had these on, and this is goes by the way again to my wife rooting against me. I was like, she was like, well, where's the steak from? And I was like, well, I think it was from Japan. And she said, I don't think they have very good steaks in Japan. I said, I think that's where Wagyu beef is from. Yeah. And, and she was like, I don't think they have very many farms. I was like, why are you arguing with me about where the steak came from? I'm just telling you that I had the best steak ever. And what kind of steak was it? Was it A5? A5 Wagyu at Kraft Steakhouse. The filet was your favorite. Oh, yeah. Uh, it was like we butter. We also had the New York Strip. And then we, we had the ribeye. And then uh, Jamie, my host, came over and insisted that we order the uh, skirt steak. Oh, it's That's the right. greatest, but well, obviously the best steak. And you know, the, skirt, the skirt steak was good, but it was the fourth best steak we had. <laughs> oh, yeah. Look, I mean, it was a very good steak. Most of the time you would have had the skirt steak and been like, damn, this was a good steak. I got to tell you, the filet I thought was the best. You could have an argument over all three of them. But the filet, this steak was like butter. I mean, it was the most tender, most amazing steak I ever had. So I want to thank you publicly for that and also give a shout-out to Kraft. It was worth the money. Sometimes you see the price on a menu, and you're like, "Ah, I don't know if that one's substantially better than this one or whatever it is. This thing was phenomenal. The A5 Wagyu Wagyu steak from Kraft at MGM, best steak I've ever had in my life. I've I've had, and I've been eating a Kraft steak for 12 years, a long time. And I've taken a lot of people to craft and had them get the A5 <laughs> Wagyu. I've had one person, one person not like it. And it was my Isaiah Thomas, the basketball legend. And he just said, it was too rich. It was, he said, this is too good. This is not the taste that I expect in a steak. He said, it was too good. That's why he didn't like it. That's first of all. I don't know if I can trust Isaiah Thomas's opinion on anything, knowing that he didn't uh, like the A5 Wagyu. No, that, dude, I, I can actually see that argument friend, though. Like, I I grew up going to like Ryan Steakhouse in Sizzler, and I bet Isaiah Thomas did too. There's a big difference between the Ryan Steakhouse fillet and the uh, and the A5 Wagyu. And if you're not expecting it, I can see where you can be like, "Hey, this is too good." It's like sometimes people get chocolate. And if you're like a hardcore chocolate person, sometimes that expensive chocolate, I've been there, you have it, and you're like, man, this is not as good as a Snickers because you're so used to having a Snickers bar over the days, and then you get some high-end chocolate. I've kind of been there, too, so maybe I understand that one. All right, speaking of high-end, you delivered a devastating 
unbelievable, rip his heart out and hold it up in front of him, Indiana Jones, Temple of Doom style beatdown of LeBron James over this uh, over this new barbershop show that aired on HBO. I have not watched it. But when you told me they were drinking red wine out of goblets in the barbershop, I, I literally spit out the drink. I was drinking water, and I was like, that can't be real. What in the world's going on with this show? Nobody watched it. You were I, you you tweeted out the ratings I saw. Um, what is HBO doing with this show? Break it down for people who may not have seen it. What in the world's taking place here in the world of LeBron? I, I just think this go. I, I had I haven't said this on TV, but when I evaluate it, I, I think it's consistent with a mistake that I see people make time and time again. People are building their television careers around Twitter, that they're programming, and all of their thoughts are, how's Twitter going to feel about what we do on TV? And I've seen, again, this will sound like harsh criticism. I'm just being honest of what I see in this industry. I feel like, like Bill Simmons has adjusted his media persona to fit Twitter. I mean, here's a guy that grew up, uh, or his career started as politically incorrect as anybody in the business, and now he's gone very PC, and I think it's because of Twitter. And so when he went and did an HBO TV show, it, it it had kind of a woke perspective. And if you remember, Bill's show started out with he and Ben Affleck, and Ben Affleck cursing up a storm. Oh, yeah. Very profane. And it came out of the box, and you know it made some noise uh, because he Ben Affleck was so profane, and people criticized it. But the ratings weren't good. The show wasn't smart enough. It was profane and and and, and you know allegedly kind of edgy, but people didn't watch. And so LeBron James comes in, same deal, very profane, crude, dumbed down show, and even less people watched. And if you just look around at your narrative on what's gone on with ESPN and all the shows that are built around pleasing Twitter and being very woke and getting retweeted on Twitter and liked on Twitter and celebrated on Twitter, they're not working. People aren't, sports fans aren't attracted to that. And so at some point, these television executives are going to have to acknowledge that, that that's not what sports fans are looking for. It's off-brand. And so I don't know if LeBron James understands why he's popular. It's the traditional sports fans that love to see his on-court excellence, which, again, athletes aren't into victimhood. Sports aren't into victimhood. In the sports world, you're taught, the values are taught in there, that you correct all the problems yourself. You don't blame the referees. You don't you, you don't cry foul like, oh, my God, I'm a victim. This is why we lost the game. There is no victimhood in sports. And that was so an amazing voice, with, by the way. <laughs> to come out on a television show and have just a group of millionaires who all have achieved amazing things to sit around with wine goblets and, and, oh, my God, I'm a zoo animal, and people ask me to dance. because That's because all you do is dance. That's how you present yourself. Oh, my God, 
Every place else in the globe treats me better than America. Really? Really? I mean, <laughs> quit lying. This is just isn't true. You know, all these other... Has France ever had a black president? Doug Godley made a great point yesterday on my show. It's just not true. This isn't what people want. You're trying to appeal to Twitter and social media rather than the real world. It's a mistake. Why do you? Th it's a it's a great question. That and I write about this some in my new book. That Michael Jordan was about dominating through excellence and trying. Like the idea of be like Mike, right? Yep. Was I want to be as good as Michael Jordan? If I put and look, was it was it uh, you know ridiculous that I thought if I wore Air Jordan sneakers I would jump higher? Yes, but did I kind of believe it when I was a kid? Yeah, because I wanted to emulate Michael Jordan's excellence. I had a picture of Michael Jordan dunking from the free throw line on my wall. Somewhere along the way, this idea of victimhood. And when I was a kid, my parents were like, "Hey." If the bully does something to you, stand up to the bully, right? Somewhere along the way in America, we have gone from you don't ever want to be the victim of your story. That's not to say sometimes you might not be a victim, right? But you don't ever want to seek out victimhood, right? To I feel like an era now where people want to be victims and where, like, looking out and saying, oh, my God, look at everybody who is, uh, you know, like, tr arrayed against me, everybody. And, and not against the us, against the world, but, like, does that make sense to you? Like, somewhere along the line, it became a good thing to be a victim. Like, you wanted that sympathy. You wanted that empathy. And that seems to me to be represent everything that sports is lined up against. There's no question about it. And, look, I've been saying for years. And, and and I've tried to, because it's a very, my stance is very pro-black. For any of the woke people listening, my stance is very pro-black in terms of the best thing that another black person can do for uh, another black person is excel and be excellent. Mm -hmm. Oprah Winfrey didn't sit around, and I'm sure Oprah Winfrey is a black woman, I'm sure she's experienced a lot of things. But it was her excellence and success that created opportunities for all kinds of other black women. She created so many careers for other black women and other black television personalities because she was so excellent and so successful. Michael Jordan elevated the entire NBA and made the NBA more profitable, and it benefited all the other players that came in behind him. It's excellence and success that creates the opportunity. And so I try to inspire people. Focus on that. Yeah. Talk about your be excellent, promote your excellence and and create the the uh narrative that there are other people just like you who can do the exact things you do and people should go out and hire them and want to be associated with them. That's what happened with Michael Jordan. That's why a guy like Kobe Bryant like mimicked his entire career after Michael Jordan. And despite having a mishap in Colorado, Kobe Bryant is a celebrated superstar athlete and is going to make plenty of money post his career, despite a, a big mistake in Colorado. But but Kobe Bryant, for the most part, has, he doesn't sit around and wallow and promote a victimhood narrative. And so, again, LeBron James is an 
excellent basketball player, but someone has convinced him to lean into his victimhood. And, oh, you you got to let people know that you've experienced the same thing as them and you're a victim like them. Well, LeBron James just hasn't experienced the same thing as the overwhelming majority of people in America and certainly black people in America because they weren't born with his gifts. And not even close. His size, his gifts, none of it. And so in ter- I just told, so I did a podcast yesterday with a kid from TMZ who's very woke and wanted to attack me. And, and I was like, look, man, what they should be doing on that show with th- that many people that have achieved that many great things is they would be better off explaining to people, here's how I was successful. Here's how I combated the unfairness that I saw in America. Here's what you should do to move ahead in American society. That would be far more informative, entertaining, and authentic than a group of private plane millionaires on TV. Oh, my God. They treat Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers better than me. I just America's just so unfair because that's all BS. They don't treat Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers better than uh, LeBron James. People are sitting around worshiping. I mean, worshiping LeBron James like a godlike figure, I don't see that kind of worship for Tom Brady. Uh, Not even close. People lose their – if you criticize LeBron in any way, his worshipers and followers attack you as if you have uh, criticized God himself. And so I I just, the point of view of the show, uh, I think, is wrong for developing a true following, and it's just dishonest, and I think it's 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 an overall negative message, I think, that's being sent out to young black people that... That America's just so unfair that it's all—it's damn near impossible for you to make it. And until white people treat you better, you—you you, have—it's hopeless. That's just a joke. Straight fire from Jason Whitlock this morning. Watch him on Speak for Yourself. Thank him for coming on to the show at Whitlock Jason on Twitter. Thanks, my man. We'll talk to you next week. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at FoxSportsRadio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.
Top Thrill 2 is like no other course. Two 420-foot vertical speedways, three launches. All right, let's talk strategy. Copy that, driver. Go for maximum acceleration off the start. Roger that. You've got a short straightaway to push from 0 to 74 on the first vertical speedway. And what about the rollback? Rollback will set you up for an explosive reverse climb 420 feet in the sky so you reach 0 Gs in total weightlessness. 420 feet of straight-up speed. Let's get it. Top Thrill 2, the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch Stratocoaster. Get your tickets at cedarpoint.com. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.